Welcome, everybody, to the Nuggets of Gold podcast and YouTube channel. I am here today with Angelina Martin. And Angelina, you want to just say hi to everyone and tell everybody what you do and like how you're involved with the, the 49ers media? Yeah, oh, 49ers media, I wish. Um, my name's Angelina Martin. I am a reporter here in Turlock for the Turlock Journal. It's a newspaper. And I also um, am editor at 49ersgoldmine.com. If you haven't followed us on Twitter um, at 49ers Goldmine or checked out our website, we have so many great writers that are producing like some of the best 49ers content on Twitter. Um, and I also have a podcast with my co-host Steph Sanchez. It's called 49 Carrots Podcast. And you can follow us at 49K Pod. And we're just two gals talking about football. <laughs> yeah, I know. And, and if you guys haven't checked out 49ers GM, I know we've had, at least on my show, especially we've had a bunch of guests for, from 49ers GM, had Javi, had Jason Aponte, had Leo Luna a few times, actually on a couple of my different shows. So Definitely a great place for 49ers content. A lot of articles coming out there. And and Angelina is a, a huge contributor there. So definitely make sure to check them out, follow them. Um, and, and you were right too. Like a, a lot of quality content about the 49ers. A lot of just really good opinionated pieces, which I mean, I definitely like to hear opposed to, you know, a lot of people just kind of saying, oh, you know, this is, these are the stats of these guys and stuff like that. It's much more like freelance writing, which which I love. I love that, that sort of content. But today... We're going to be talking about Julio Jones a little bit, going to be talking about the 49ers rookie expectations, maybe some guys that we really like to, you know, see succeed um, this, this year, especially. Um, and then we're going to finish it off and just kind of talk about Angelina's career and like how she got to the point that she's at now, but let's start it out. Julio Jones, the 49ers I saw yesterday, and I don't know which site this was, I believe it was CBS sports that posted it, but they had Julio Jones. His, his best odds of where he could get traded was to the 49ers at plus 250 odds. And we talked about him one time before on this show. Angelina, you obviously weren't here on that one. But basically, my point was Julio Jones is one of my favorite all-time players. I think he is a generational talent. I still believe he is a generational talent. I understand that the contract is ugly. It's a lot more ugly for the Falcons, even if they move on from him. But what yeah. I've kind of I've done I've done a little bit of research just on like what his cap hit would be and and I believe it sounds like if the 49ers were to trade for him they would add 10 million dollars to their cap in 2021 and then the next year's it would kind of depend on if the Falcons are are willing to take on additional cap to to move on from him and of course that would kind of determine on what the cost is for Julio Jones I know a lot of people expect him to get traded you know for a lot of a lot of value. I don't know if that's going to be the case. I think a lot of people have kind of overestimated how much a Julio Jones trade would cost. Um, I brought up a, a hypothetical of just swapping Debo for him. And this was before the draft. Um, and it, and I'm, I'm a big Debo Samuel fan as well. So don't, don't think I'm, I'm wanting to move on from him, <laughs> but just in terms of like what it, what it could cost. And I knew that that was a potential one, you know, maybe fits the Falcons timeline a little bit better and fits the 49ers if they're trying to have Trey Lance become the starter right away. And, you know, just a, a veteran player there and also a guy to mentor Brandon Ayuk. But what do you think about a potential move for, for Julio Jones? I think it's, obviously enticing i mean a name like julio jones is synonymous with you know one of the top tier wide receivers in the nfl for the past you know however long he's been in the league um i like to talk about the odds because the odds crack me up um <laughs> because we saw um the odds for matt stafford to come to the 49ers they were high we saw the odds for justin fields to be drafted by the 49ers um they were pretty high i mean i know i'm pretty sure mac jones was higher wasn't it 
Um, so the odds is like, yeah, I mean, they, they do have some play, but I don't like to look at those as like an end all be all. Um, and there's a lot of upside. I think there's more down, like the more I thought about it at first, I was like, that would be awesome. But I think just like considering the cap hit, I think the 49ers are eighth, um, ranked in, in cap space with like 18 point something million. Um, so it wouldn't be like devastating, but when you figure in next season and, you know, free agents that, um, the 49ers have to pay and like, they haven't even given Fred Warner a deal yet. So we don't even know what that's going to look like. So it's like a lot of unknowns. Um, and obviously I'm sure the front office is thinking about all of these things as well. I don't even know if they're considering Julio Jones, despite what people say as them being one of the top contenders for, for trading for him. Um, and then, yeah, what are you going to give up for him? You know, um, for, for a guy who he's still, you know, putting out like, 85 receiving yards a game but is it is it worth giving up something that you already have for him with this team that you know went to the Super Bowl in 2019 and you know is definitely looking for a playoff push and hopefully another Super Bowl this season um so it's like I love talking these hypotheticals but it's always that it's always hypothetical and it's always dependent on so many other things um like who would you give up and and uh, how much money do you have? So it's, I mean, I know that's not a, a cut and dry answer, but um, I think I like what you said, you know, that he could be like a, a mentor and um, it would, it would be cool, but I just don't know if, if all of the cards exactly line up for him to come here. No, absolutely. And it'd be something, I think it would be really difficult. Um, I brought this up in the last time I kind of talked about Julio potentially ending up in San Francisco and one of the things I said was, and I, I I believe their cap was still, you know, around like 18, I think it was about 15, 18 million at that time. And one of the things that I thought was, even though like in theory you can make a move for Julio Jones and add on that $10 million in cap, you can't really because I'm, hopefully, hopefully their plan is to extend Fred Warner this offseason. And I would expect that a lot of, you know, his initial initial guarantees will be paid off right away and, and will be put on this year's cap. Um and then you also bring in, there's a couple other guys on this team, like Eric Armstead, for example, who have really backloaded deals where they haven't been making that much money. I don't think the last two years he's made that much money, but this next year and then the years after that, it's going to rise a lot. And we don't know if he's going to see that full contract, but you start adding a whole bunch of salary to a team, to you know, to an organization that has Fred Warner that's ready to be paid right now. And then Nick Bosa, who's also ready to be paid in a couple years after that. Mm -hmm. And then... Also a Brandon IU, you know, Trey Lance, hopefully a few years down the road. Um, but you kind of start adding up and you go, okay, there's a lot of guys that need to be paid. It, it would be really difficult. I do think the one way that it could happen, and this is the only way I think it could happen also, is if they moved on from Jimmy Garoppolo. Obviously, there's a there's a ton of things that have to happen for the 49ers to do that. I still expect Jimmy to be the the week one starter. Uh, and that's not to take anything away from Trey Lance. I, I have huge expectations for Trey Lance. I, I love him. He was one, he was one, he was my quarterback too. Um, like going through the process, I'm a huge fan of Trey Lance, but they would have to move on from Jimmy Garoppolo. I think, I don't think they want to do that yet. So I would kind of lean with you on, I don't think it will happen. Also, I love that you bring up the odds, how the 49ers are somehow <laughs> always top like three or top yeah. five in odds for any player ever. Um, I, I don't know if it's just the, the big market aspect of it, but Apparently, people like betting for players to to get moved to the 49ers, which is funny. Um, I think it's because they're so relevant. Like, 
I don't know, like they're one of the most relevant teams in the NFL right now. Like everyone, it seems, is always talking about what are the 49ers going to do? Who are they going to draft? How are they going to do this year? What's going to happen with Jimmy G? So I think that uh, since they're always like a topic of conversation, I think that um, the betting odds reflect that because they know people might put might put down money on it because they heard, you know, people talking about it on ESPN. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. And, and and that's the case too. I mean, also if you just have more fans of a team, like they're going to tend to, you know, bet on their team than on acquiring guys like Julio Jones. So it definitely makes sense. Um, but I, I think that we should, we shouldn't expect this to happen though. I, w- I would love it. I mean, I'm, I'm going to be very biased uh, on this move, but I, I mean, Julio has <laughs> been one of my favorite players. So had, had to bring up Julio Jones a little bit. Um, but let's kind of move on to the, the rookie expectations of, of this rookie class we, we saw the mini camp. We saw uh, Lenore played really well. Trey Lance's motion looks a little bit better. Uh, we saw Hufanga. I mean, he made a couple splash plays, I guess, I guess at practice. Um, so there's a lot of polarizing names, but I just want to get your thoughts on Angelina. Who, who are some of these guys that you think are going to exceed expectations in training camp in the preseason? And, and hopefully that carries over into the 2021 regular season. But who are some of these guys that you have in mind? Yeah, well, we already talked about um, the the potential of the 49ers possibly moving on from, from Jimmy G, whether it's unlikely this year, but I would, I'm excited to see what Trey Lance does um, at camp, not just rookie camp, but, you know, like at training camp, this, I think he's going to surprise a lot of people. I think it's going to be a really good competition. Um, and if it is, it's going to be really interesting because I know, you just said you expect Jimmy G to be the week one starter. I know, you know, pretty much Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch have said as much, but anything can change and it all depends on on what we see this summer. Um, because, you know, if you have a rookie go out there and ball out, like, yeah, you have the insurance of, of having Jimmy G as starter week one, but why not give this guy that you traded everything for a chance? You know, you brought him here to play quarterback. So, uh you know, let him, let him play quarterback. And I think that if, if he does ball out the way I think he's going to ball out, uh, it'll be, it'll be a tough competition. I think there's going to be like, I don't want to go on Twitter during training camp, to be honest. Like, there was literally like a picture today of um, Trey Lance, like lined up with, with first string receivers and everything. And everyone's losing their minds. Like, Oh my God, he's practicing with the first string. Like, but Jimmy, it's like, Dude, first of all, it's practice, but I'm I'm excited to see what he does at practice and, and kind of see how that plays out. And then um, with with Trey Sermon, like there are so many cor- er, quarterbacks, there are so many running backs on this roster. Um, and it'll be interesting to see if he's able to kind of push through and be one of the number one or number two guys like who know who knows what Mostert's going to do after his injury last year. And Jeff Wilson Jr. had a great season last year. He's my RB one, <laughs> but I know people are going to roll their eyes at that. And he's not really, I don't think he's really RB one, but you know, um, it'll be interesting to see what Trey two, as opposed to RB one or two, what Trey two does um, with the running backs. And I'm excited to watch that. Of course, there are so many other rookies, but those are my top two, you know, being that they're two of the, the biggest picks. Yeah. And, and especially at, at positions where we've seen a lot of guys in Kyle Shanahan systems really flourish at quarterback for one, uh, that's definitely a position that's been brought up as, you know, Kyle's able to groom these guys and especially young quarterbacks. You you look back at 
I think the most similar guy to Trey Lance, even though I, I don't think they're very similar as players, is is got to be RG3 just because he brings that extra dynamic as a runner. And you look back on a lot of the quarterbacks that, that Kyle's coached, and, you know, it's Matt Ryan, Jimmy Garoppolo, Brian Hoyer, like a, a lot of these guys that aren't necessarily the, as great as athletes of Trey Lance. And I think that's what, what makes this training camp battle so polarizing is just that you have two very different players. You have, you know, the one guy in Jimmy Garoppolo who's dealt with a lot of injuries in his time in San Francisco, but when he's played, not like he's played phenomenal, but they've won consistently. So it's hard to to not look at that and go, hey, we win when Jimmy's out there. But then you also have this guy that's very polarizing, a very raw player, um, and it has looked like he's improved quite a bit in, in camp, at least in the early videos that we've seen as much as you can dissect from these videos of his motion, but he's definitely looked really good early on. Um, a lot of positive things about him. Very, very careful with the ball as well. Uh, I remember reading an article about him at camp, just that he, you know, if, if there, if there's nobody in the progressions that he goes through, he'll just check the ball down and it's really quick or, or he'll take off and run. So again, it's hopefully maybe even we'll take care of the bar, ball more. I think that's actually one of the ways that he could end up beating out Jimmy in camp. Just if, We've we've heard some of the practice the the stories about Jimmy, you know, throwing five interceptions in a in a practice or in a row in a practice. And not that not that that's gonna happen again or anything, but if he's not able to take care of the ball in these practice settings and Trey Lance looks like he's like looks very comfortable and looks like he's able to do that, definitely could be something that I would find it a little shocking, but I know a lot of people think that that's that's something that could potentially happen. And and I mean I'd be all for it if that's the case. I'd love to see Trey Trey Lance earlier than later. I just don't expect that to happen. You brought up Trey Sermon in the crowded running back room. You got him and Elijah Mitchell, who are both really yeah. talented players, great athletes. I think the thing that stood out for me with Trey Sermon was just like amazing balance at the running back position. I saw I it was his game where he just goes crazy. I want to say it's Northwestern. I might be wrong on the school, but he there's one play where he falls catches himself, gets up, gets hit again, falls, catches himself, gets up and runs in for like a 30-yard touchdown. So if this is a guy that that Kyle Shanahan views as, you know, this next running back one, which I think it is, we could see him coming and start right away. I mean, I don't think that they're afraid to do that. Now, it gets a little bit interesting because you brought up Jeff Wilson, a guy who had 10 touchdowns a year ago, really good player. He was very productive, especially late in the in the year when the 49ers were kind of depleted on offense. And you have him, Sermon, Mostert, Mitchell. They have a lot of running backs that can be really effective. So that running back competition is really intriguing. Even Wayne Gallman was a really productive yeah. player for the Giants last year. So so many guys that, that you can bring up there. Um, one other guy that I'm really, really intrigued about in 2021 is Ambry Thomas. And when he got drafted, I had a couple of friends say, hey, you, like, that's a steal. Like, that's a fantastic player that they just got there. Um, didn't know a ton about him. Didn't play in 2020. Opted out because of COVID. But if – and early signs are like, he looks really good. If he's a guy that can potentially compete for that cornerback two role, I think that's another great spot you just landed in because I didn't I didn't really expect him I, – I, I what I had read up on him right after the draft was that it should be expected that he has short, sort of a redshirt rookie season. But – just after this first weekend of, of rookie minicamp and, you know, can't put too much stock into that, but it sounds like he might have a chance to actually start on the uh, oppose uh, Jason Verrett. So any thoughts on, on Ambry Thomas? Yeah. Um, him and, and Lenore are, are two that really excite me. Um, we know that this, this team 
has overcome a lot of injuries on defense. And so anything that's going to make the defense stronger in my eyes, I'm excited to see. Um, it'll be interesting to see where they both end up playing. Um, like if, if they switch to nickel or, you know, where, wherever Shanahan decides to put them, it'll be interesting. Um, and you know, you have a new defensive coordinator this season, so he has a lot of weapons to play with. And I think it's going to be, uh, it's going to be exciting. Like every single position, it's kind of like, hmm, like what's going to happen there? And going back to the running backs thing, you you made me think of something like, I think that the the quarterback room is, or, sorry, I keep saying quarterback instead of running back. Quarterbacks on my mind, like any good 49ers fan. Um, I think the running back room is so crowded just because, yeah, we did see it kind of depleted last year. Um so I don't think they want that to happen again. I think they want to have options and, you know, obviously not, someone's going to have to get cut, I'm sure, but um, it's going to be interesting. And, and yeah, uh, cornerback is one of the most, you know, dire positions for them right now, especially, you know, Verrett is obviously the best cornerback on the team right now, Richard Sherman. We don't know what's going to happen with him and Verrett is injury prone. Um, so it's really important for, for these guys to step up for these rookies to, to step up and, and hopefully contribute. Yeah. And I, and I like that you brought up Lenore as well. Obviously there was a big video of him pressing Austin Watkins two times and then intercepting the ball, looking, looking at exactly as advertised uh, him and Ambry Thomas have both been talked about as being incredibly physical players. And it sounds like that's what, that's what everyone's seen early on. So, I mean, it, Ambry Thomas mostly was used in like a press man kind of scheme at Michigan. So if, if he can convert to, you know, they mostly cover three, but they've kind of, they kind of adjusted late last season with Jason Red just with his skill set and ability to cover guys man on man. And then they had a Kello opposite of him, you know, at the end of the year, but Ambry Thomas, he could potentially play that kind of role where he's up in, a, up in every wide receiver's face, getting really physical able to play either press man or press and bail to that cover three kind of spot. Um, but I, I definitely am really intrigued by both those guys. And I like that you bring up the the p- position kind of question marks because either of them could get kicked inside to the nickel or they could stay outside. So if I had to guess, I'd probably say Ambry Thomas will be outside and Lenore will be in the nickel, but it, you don't, we don't really know now. So, I mean, that's just something that's kind of up in the air. Um, and then they're going to be competing with Emmanuel Mosley. So Emmanuel Mosley has to go out there, win his spot. We've seen him look good in, in some time, uh, not a ton, not a huge sample size for him, but he's definitely been successful early on in his career. Um, but the one last guy I want to talk about is Talanoa Hufanga. And I just wanted to get your opinion on where do you think he's going to play in, in his I have no season? idea. <laughs> I have no idea. Um, it'll be interesting to see. I, what do you think? So literally, like, was, there's so many positions that are literally question marks. Like, I have no idea. I'm just, uh, yeah. So I, I don't know if you saw his quote, but he basically said he wanted to be a Pro Bowl special team player, which I absolutely love. I think that's amazing. Oh. Love the mindset of that, coming. Out I, I think he's for sure going to start out on special teams. Absolutely, like that's a given. Yeah. Um. And then as far as on defense, I don't know. I don't know what they plan on using him. They talked about that they could use him in a variety of of roles. But I think Kowalski Tart is definitely slated as the starting strong safety and Jimmy Ward as a starting free safety. I think that, that we should all kind of expect that to be the case. Exactly. So barring injury, 
I think he has a true chance to compete at the Sam linebacker spot, which is something that would be, it'd be very different. It'd be an, a, an adjustment that D'Amico Ryans would have to make. But if he could potentially play that Sam linebacker role, they've, they brought in Nathan Gary. I think it's Gary or Jerry is his last name uh, from the Eagles. He's a former safety move to linebacker. Um, they have Aziz Alshair that's kind of competing for that role. They have a couple guys that are going to play Sam backer. And the Sam linebacker's only been on the field about 35 to 40% of the time. I think that was last year, and I think 2019 as well. I'm not exactly sure about 2018's numbers, but yeah. 2019, 2020, that's about how much that guy was on the field. I think that he has a legitimate chance to play that role, which would be a position change for him because he was, he was a true safety at USC. But if he can kind of move back, it's almost like a money backer kind of role. And if they if they want to bring that guy on the field more often, because that's something I heard about bring coming over to D'Amico Ryan's that he wanted to utilize his linebackers more. Well, if you have a guy that's a former college safety playing linebacker, that kind of allows you to do that because you, you can't just go in and have Al Shazir at linebacker. And then, you know, he's guarding Travis Kelsey. Like that's just not going to work. You have to, you know, make adjustments and whatnot or bring a nickel in to guard the slot. But if you have a guy that's a former safety at that role, I, I think there's a very good chance they could do that. I, I kind of expected them to go after a hybrid safety linebacker at some spot in the draft. I ha- think I had them mocking a guy named Jameen Sherwood who came from Auburn and he was like their exclusive money backer guy on passing downs. But I think that there's a chance that that's how they use Hafanga. And don't know if that's what they do early on, but I definitely think that if he's not able to carve out a role in the secondary that he can move to linebacker, which would be really intriguing. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, if they do continue to use that position as they have in the past, like for a rookie, you know, somewhere, something where you're only on the field, you know, 40, 50, half the time, and you can kind of sit back and learn um, the other 50%. I think that's a great, I think that's a great deal for him. And um, I think he would adjust really well. I mean, he's, he's physical and, um, with with a, a linebackers coach as your defensive coordinator, like you're going to have an advantage at learning the position already. So it's like a double double whammy. Yeah, and I, and I like it too, just because we've also we also saw Dre Greenlaw come in former safety and convert to linebacker under D'Amico yeah. Ryan. So a similar kind of case study there of of that working out and and hopefully. I mean, I I would really like that idea. I, I think there's a chance that it happens. If it doesn't, I still I still expect you to expect every 49er fan to see Hufanga flying around the field. Like you said, special teams really expect him to flourish there. But a guy that I'm also really excited for. But I, I think that'll kind of wrap it up for these rookie expectations. Fun to just kind of go over these guys from kind of a broad perspective and just kind of, you know, our initial thoughts on them because it could play out so many different ways. And there's always exactly. a surprise guy of the camp, which it looks like it might be Lenore early on, which is really yeah. cool. Yeah, yeah, that that play, I mean, gave me goosebumps. Even though it's practice, and even though Trey Lance had to throw the ball, like it was, it was just cool to see. It just, it's just that physicality and that mentality that we've seen out of the 49ers defense. So if you have guys yeah. who are kind of adopting that, the first practice of the year, that's always a great sign. Yeah, yeah. But let's move on to kind of a final thing I wanted to address. Um, I just wanted to kind of hear your story of of how you got into football how you became a reporter, how you ended up going over to 49 GM, just kind of get your, get your path, um, your career path in, in that aspect. Yeah. So um, when I first went, I mean, I've always loved the 49ers and love sports. I really got into 49, 49ers football um, 
probably it was around the same year that Alex Smith was drafted. And that's when I really started watching with my grandpa. He was always a huge fan. And I had been more into baseball, huge Giants fan since like third or fourth grade when I started playing baseball. Um, but when I when I started getting into football, that was around the time. And so uh, going into college, you know, I I wanted to be like maybe an English teacher or something. I didn't really know. I just thought like, oh, this will be an easy thing to do probably and like get a job. And then as I went through college, you know, um, in the back of my mind, I would always think like, well, what do you like really want to do? And that that's sports. It's always been sports. That's why I switched my major to communication studies from English. And that led me to a writing for the media class. Um, I kind of switched to calm studies thinking like, I'm going to be like, um, an on-field reporter, like, um, or like a color commentator or something, something more with my voice rather than writing. And so I took a writing for the media class and I was like, oh, okay. Like I'm actually also, I'm pretty good at this. So maybe if that part doesn't work out, I can just be a writer. Um, and yeah, so I got involved with our school newspaper. Um, there was already a lot of kids signed up to write about the the college sports at Stanislaus State. So I kind of got pushed into the neighborhood beat, which was just writing about Turlock. And so then I was like, oh, like writing about other stuff other than sports is fun too. And so then um, just went through college, working at the paper, eventually became the editor of the newspaper. And then I applied for a job at our newspaper here in town my last semester. And I got it. Um, and I was working at the newspaper during my last semester and then um, still going to school. So I was doing it part time. Then once I graduated, went full time. Um, I've had so many amazing opportunities from the newspaper, like uh, going to Niner games and covering them, being in the press box. I've gone and covered Raider games as well because um, we have Niner and Raider fans here in Turlock. We have every every team fan, but it's mostly Niners and Raiders. Um, and so then that kind of got my blood pumping for sports again. Um, and then, you know, on Twitter, I'm always just tweeting, live tweeting Giants games, live tweeting 49ers games. And that introduced me to Giants Twitter, to 49ers Twitter. And I made some friends and, um, you know, it's really a great networking tool. And that's how I met um, Javi and, and Leo from 49ers Goldmine. And they invited me to be part of the team which was insane to me. I was like, why do you guys want me? But they're, <laughs> they're the best. Uh, and then, yeah, I started the the podcast, me and Steph started our podcast and like, it's just been going from there. Um, honestly, I'm always looking for the, the next step, but right now it's, it's really cool being part of Goldmine. And then through my work at the journal, like I still have a lot of amazing sports opportunities, like, like covering Niner games and and interviewing players. Like I've interviewed Debo Samuel. I've asked Richard Sherman questions. And like when I started working at the journal, I never thought I would be able to do any of that in the role that I have, but I've kind of just kind of forged my own role of doing everything. So <laughs> it's been a lot of opportunities that I got lucky with, but it's also been a lot of me like saying, this is what I want to do. So I'm going to do it. If that makes sense. Oh, no, <laughs> absolutely. Longest Longest spiel ever. Oh my gosh. No one cares. <laughs> no, no, no. It's fine. It's fine. It's it's really interesting, I think. I mean, so many people have you know aspirations to work in sports in some capacity, but it's cool how you just started writing and then it just kind of led you to one thing to another. 
I, I got to ask, what's the what's your coolest experience in either the press box or any like sideline media stuff that you've experienced? I mean, interviewing Debo Samuel and asking Richard Sherman questions are also very, very awesome. But but yeah. anything particular that really stands out in your in your experience? Um. Well, I mean, in 2019, going to the NFC Championship game and and having that experience in the press box was just amazing. It's so funny because you don't you don't cheer in the press box, obviously. Like you're there for for work and stuff, but it's a it's a championship game, and everyone everyone has a stake in the team. You know, you even as a reporter, you want the team to do well so you can cover the next game. Um, and so it was just, it was just a fun experience. Like when a great play would happen, like you just see everyone like clench up because they're trying not to be like, yeah, but they're just like, oh, yeah. And it's like, like silent, like little reactions throughout the place. But um, my favorite moment, I guess, is probably the one that you mentioned and that I mentioned was um, asking Richard Sherman a question during a press conference because yeah, asking Richard Sherman a question, it was their first home game of the season. This was the 2019 season. They were three and Oh for the first time since like 1997 or something. And so I asked him after the game, you know, how much did the fans play into that? And, you know, before the game, he had like posted on Instagram that he wanted everyone to be there and be loud. And so I asked him, you know, did they do, did they show up? Did, did it help? Did they do what you asked? And, he gave like this awesome answer, like shouting out the 49er fans and stuff. And um, the 49ers account and like Instagram, Twitter, whatever, all their socials, they used that answer and like clipped it. And I was like, oh my God, I asked them that question. And like, it was just very cool. Like I wasn't in it. My question wasn't even in it. It was just the quote. But the fact that like I got that quote out of him and they thought it was good enough to like promote the team. That was just a cool moment. I was, I sent it to everyone. I was like, yeah. I asked that question. Like, did you know <laughs> another cool moment? Um, oh my gosh. Now I can't, and I'm going to blank on his name. You might know who I'm talking about. He's the guy. Oh my gosh. He's from parks and rec. Oh my gosh. I'm blinking. I'll, I'll tweet it after this episode. I'll quote to you and be like, it was him. But, uh, I saw him in the tunnel. I can't, I can't I think of his name. It's fine. Anyway, you see like famous people, like it's crazy. Like when you're, mm -hmm behind the scenes like I remember before um I went to a covered a Packers game and against the Niners and like Aaron Rodgers walked past me and I was just like dude like <laughs> they exist they're real like one time in the press box John Lynch was just up there like chatting it up with people and so it's like weird going from a fan to like that professional aspect but there are so many cool moments you just have to like remember to keep your cool <laughs> Yeah, you're just around all of these very, very famous people and superstar athletes and whatnot. But that's yes. super cool. You got to kind of initiate that that Richard Sherman comment. And, and I, I'm pretty sure I remember like that specific thing. Was that? Yeah. At the end, he goes, Niner gang. It was one of the, it was it was earlier on in the year when it was kind of like, all right, there's getting some momentum built up. And, yes. And that like that was like, I feel like when we were all like, dude, something could happen here like it was pretty crazy yeah kind of like is this team for real <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly that's awesome um I, I think that's probably gonna do it for this episode i want to say thanks thanks a lot for coming on super fun show um really cool to hear like your experience as a reporter too because I, I think that's a a a kind of like a viewpoint that not many people have of just being on the sideline in the press box 
um, anytime you get to go to a game in the press box, that's amazing. So yeah, really, really cool experiences there. And always fun to talk about Julio and the rookie expectations. Did you, did you want to add something? Yes. It was Adam Scott. Adam Scott. <laughs> actor. Okay, okay. Yes. Got it. Got it. <laughs> just, just throwing that out there. So no one thinks I'm dumb, but yeah, it was Adam Scott. <laughs> Good times. Um, yeah, thank, thank you so much. This was such a good conversation, and it was so much fun talking to you. Yeah, thank you. Thank you a lot. And anyone listening, uh, make sure to check out Angelina's stuff. Make sure to check out 49ers Goldmine. And if you like my show as well, make sure to sub to that. But I think that's going to do it for today. And once again, thanks a lot, Angelina. Really fun having you on and talking 49ers football. Thanks. Anytime. <laughs>